0: years podcast the with justin alexio justin and, alexio. and jeremiah, watkins. jeremiah watkins new episodes every wednesday, every welcome, wednesday. wednesday. Welcome, to welcome to the show yo guys what's up it's the building years i'm jeremiah watkins
1: i'm justin alexio you know what? Let's dive right into it.
0: Let's dive right in. We've got a special guest here in the studio. It's
1: Jake Regal.
0: Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you, man? Pretty good. Good. I'm glad you uh, came by to do the podcast. How uh, How do you uh, and Justin originally uh, know each other?
2: Uh, somewhere in the improv community. Somewhere, yeah. I'm not sure. Jake's exactly. been around for years through James Mastriani, maybe.
1: Maybe, yeah. yeah. Jake, you, you've uh, when we used to live in the old house, he used to come to parties sometimes. It's true. true used to, I used to work him flip cup. Well, there's no...
2: <laughs> no, no. I came in knowing I was terrible at it and still won about half the time or more, so... I, I don't know, was... he was getting worked. <laughs>
1: That's all I remember. Uh, so yeah, he's an improviser. How long have you been here, Jake? In Los Angeles? Yeah.
2: Most of my life. I was born in uh, Park Slope, Brooklyn. My dad's a TV writer, though, so we moved over when he got a gig. Oh. Yeah.
1: Nice. So uh, was your? What, did you want to enter entertainment because of your dad?
2: Not in in particular, although I have followed his career path in some ways. Uh, He was an improviser as well in the 80s, actually, in Chicago City Limits in New York. Um, Yeah, He's also a magician, which I am not. <laughs> He's on like the board of the Magic Castle. Uh, hey, that sounds
0: awesome. Can we interview your dad? <laughs> you want me to leave? Uh, I can yeah. call him if over. You can call your dad one. to replace you. That's real fair. Quick. That's fair. Uh, but no, that's pretty cool. Writer, improviser, and magician. That's yeah. a lot of hats. He does to wear, wear quite a few hats. Uh, what, was, do you, uh, what was the the show that he ended up uh, working on that transplanted you guys to L.A.
2: Uh, I might be getting the chronology wrong, but I think the George Wendt show, oh, cool. which was his post Cheers show, okay, canceled very quickly. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. A lot of the, a lot of um, anytime they they do the spinoff series with some of the stars of the shows, like even like the Dana Car- Carvey yeah. show, right after SNL, I was like, eh,
2: I'm sure. And then it's it spawned the greatest writing staff of all time. Yep, Charlie Kaufman, Louis C.K., mm-hmm. like everyone wrote for that show. Yeah, a lot mm. of
0: good people. Uh, we had on uh, uh, Bill Cott, who was uh, mm. a um, uh performer on the yeah. show. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So when uh when things get tough, does like your dad give you advice? Like, do this, son? <laughs> <laughs> no, I
2: wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. Uh he's always as frustrated as I am about his career, it's on a different level. <laughs> he's like, I gotta worry about me. But what we have done is we've pitched together, which is a weird wow. weird meeting. Is that kind of uh,
0: awesome though, in a way? Yeah, because like, we don't actually pitch- have
2: to write scripts together. We just come up with ideas together. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh yeah, it's, it's it's fun because it's, we mostly go to not mostly we only go to uh, Nickelodeon and Disney with those ideas. We've been doing all kids shows. Okay. So it's uh yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird fun thing. The one two punch? Yeah, the regal punch. We get to make fun of each other in the meetings. It's fun. <laughs> That's awesome. So
0: uh, where, what part of uh, Los Angeles did you grow up in?
2: Burbank, California. Burbank,
0: California. Yeah, my, the,
2: the rents are still there, so it's an easy... Oh, if awesome. If I ever don't have change for laundry or whatever, <laughs> it's a 20-minute trip over That's there. That's
0: great. Well, part, are you more in Hollywood now? I'm in or? Los Feliz. Los Feliz. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Justin tells me you uh, do a lot of stuff at UCB.
2: That's right. Yeah, I've been training there for almost a decade now. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight years. I'm on a team called Cardinal Redbird. We perform Monday nights. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Cool. What, what's uh what's kind of the what was kind of the trajectory of you taking classes there, then getting on a team, and then performing there? Yeah, how did did that kind of start
1: because I feel like they've only been here about ten years. Yeah,
2: I started the year after they started. Uh, it's actually a funny story that I just told on a different podcast, <laughs> oh, you guys no. will hear it too. Hey, we got a uh, different uh, audience. Yeah, yeah our, our right. audience is mostly teenage girls. So. Sure. Well, they just know what you guys look like, so it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how dreamy <laughs> the dreamiest host in Hollywood. All right. uh, I I was actually still in college when I started at UCB, and there was a team in Santa Cruz, I went to UC Santa Cruz, called Humor Force 5. Okay. Um, My freshman year, I auditioned for it. The audition went pretty well. I did a good job, didn't get on the team, but I felt fine about it. Then the next year, I auditioned again, and I did, like, worse. <laughs> so I thought, like, oh, I need to do something to fix this. So I started training at UCB just so I could get on my college improv team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still didn't get on my junior year, and I finally got on a team my senior year. It took me four years. Then I graduated college, and six months later, I was on a team at UCB. So, officially it is harder to get on a team at UC Santa Cruz than at the UCB
1: thing. I guess. Yeah.
0: You're just walking out of there a pro improviser. Yeah. You're like I finally made varsity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh so what's uh so um whenever you did the UC Santa Cruz thing, uh you were doing uh acting and stuff there or what was your uh degree? Uh,
2: my major was actually film production. Okay. Which is been modestly useful. I mentioned my dad was a magician. Whenever he releases a new trick, I like shoot and edit instructional DVDs for it. That's uh, awesome. yeah, because got you sell the props and you have to teach the prospective magicians how to do the tricks. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I ended up realizing I enjoyed. I knew even going into college I liked acting more, mm-hmm. but I wanted to like have a wider skill set, which I guess was a good idea. But uh, I found myself the last two years of college just doing a lot of theater and slacking off on my major.
0: Yeah, uh, I found that. Uh I, I did like a lot of uh video editing and, and picture editing and stuff in high yeah. school and college and dude, that stuff has been more useful to me, like, as a performer out mm-hmm. here than Anything. I can do my own reel. Exactly. Yeah. Like, anytime, anytime you want, you can do your own reel, and you don't have to hire somebody. You know how to export it all the processes and all that stuff. Yeah. I would almost tell people who are thinking about going to acting, it's like, learn Photoshop and Final Cut or right. one of the other editing systems. Sure, yeah. Uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> So, did you party a lot at UC Santa Cruz?
2: UC Santa Cruz. Uh, Santa Barbara
1: <laughs> is the big party college. Okay. Uh, Santa Cruz is still a college. So, yeah, I did.
2: But uh, it wasn't like... Santa Barbara is famous for their parties.
1: <laughs> so, you you look like a pretty studious guy. I feel like, <laughs> like you, got, you got good grades, uh, right? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
0: How often do you get people that say, Are those prescription <laughs>
2: I think people don't even think they aren't. (laughs) I think it's just my vibe that people know, oh, yeah, he needs those things. (laughs) Which I do. Because that's Uh, like
0: a new movement now where people, you know, wear wear fake glasses. Where they wear fake glasses and people are like, for Hollywood purposes.
2: They're like, no, you know, I'm trying to add a new look. No, I'm very blind. Negative five and negative 5.5. Okay. Legit. (laughs) Legit. You you see Santa Cruz. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But in Santa Cruz, I did very little, like, work. Like I mostly learned life lessons about how to get the best results by doing the least amount of work because mm-hmm. I graduated with honors, and I swear to you I did not deserve it. <laughs> I was uh missing a lot of classes and going to concerts and shit
0: so after you uh you you went to college and you're doing the u c b thing mm-hmm. did you start a uh uh like auditioning and stuff like you you started like what was like kind of uh what was your path right after college you started looking for an agent or how did Uh, that work
2: that is where i haven't done a lot of nepotism in my life but that Mm -hmm. was the one time where my dad being in the business was helpful Mm because he was able his friend was a manager okay and so i got my first manager through him and then i got my first commercial agent through that manager okay uh, and then, <laughs> I'm not with either of those people anymore. But it it sent me in the right direction to start getting a uh, yeah, kind of get, gets it going. Yeah.
0: So then it was just kind of uh, after you did well at whatever place, then it was kind of referrals or whatever. It was actually.
2: All of my reps came directly from UCB at this point. That's great. Yeah. They, uh, just, they saw mean, me in a show or they whatever, and they just contacted me. And
0: that's kind of what you want as yeah. a performer, because if somebody's excited about you exactly. whenever they're seeing you do what you do, yeah. then you're like, okay, I can, I can work with this person. They yeah,
2: you can be at a big agency, and no one will give a crap about it. Can we swear on this, by the way? Oh, yes. you can say yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. People just get lost in those big agencies sometimes if there's not someone with a vested interest in actually sending them out. Yeah,
1: for sure. And you said, you told me, you're like, you have one of the longest uh, times between Herald teams, right?
2: Uh, I have the LA record, yes. Okay. I had a good five years between my first team and my current team. I don't know about New York. That's been around for longer. It's hard to say.
1: So, like, during that, so you just kept auditioning, and did it ever get, like, you're like, did it ever cross your mind, like, I might not ever get on a team Did it ever hurt my soul? Yeah, of course it did. (laughs) But uh, I
2: kept on plucking. And I was doing a, a house sketch team there, too. So I wasn't, like, totally inactive. I was on a mod team.
1: Nice. Yeah. And you run a mock improv as well. I
2: do. Yeah, that's an independent uh, improv show that we host at the clubhouse, which is, like, the hub for Mm -hmm. indie comedy in L.A. Uh, I've been doing it for, like, three and a half years now, which is ridiculous, because I really, really, I know this is cliche, but it feels like I started it yesterday. It was just a show... To get me and my friends some stage time. Yeah. And now we've been doing it for so long. It's insane. Is there any
1: end in sex? I know a lot of like indie shows people are like, I got to hang up. I'm too busy now. I've been saying
2: that since three weeks into the show. <laughs> I threatened to quit the show
1: constantly.
0: That's how, uh, Justin and I were, th- were with that show that I mentioned that we used to do on Saturday yeah. nights. Uh, uh, Every week we would be, we would have these terrible shows and we're like, yeah. man, I don't know if we need this anymore. <laughs> Maybe we should just quit. And we would keep putting postponing goals. we like, all right, if we're here with our comedy at this point, then we're done. And we were never <laughs> at that point yet. So we're like, all right, we got to keep doing this until. And then we ended up getting canceled. So I was like, yeah. okay, someone else decided you were done. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. Uh, what are your, uh, I guess, uh, what are some of, who are your, uh, some of your, uh, comedic inspirations? what you say? Comedic
2: inspirations. Uh, you know, we're not allowed to say this anymore, but it's true. Woody Allen, I think career wise was very influential to me. How do
1: you feel about him? Like his personal life? Like, I think you... he's a
2: shithead for sure,
1: but. But you can, you can separate the art and the life. I think so.
2: Uh, and I think moreover, not even, even ignoring that his movies, a lot of them are very good i admire his ability to transfer himself from a comedian to someone who like honestly expressed himself over a m- multiple media yeah I think that's a cool thing he's a playwright he's a director he's a writer he's he's got it all yeah yeah
0: that's that's cool i uh i yeah <laughs> as as i as i get older i ha- i kind of have like different influences but uh um I guess I'm not really sure where I'm, I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Good job. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, uh, I guess my next question is <laughs> where would you want to be in like, what would be like your ideal job in like five or 10 years from now? Because you, you can edit, you can shoot, you have the, the production yeah. background, but you also have the performer background. So what would be like your dream? Oh, position? acting's definitely my passion.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if I was on like, if I was a regular on a successful sitcom, I think that'd be pretty ideal. Nice. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's everyone's dream, but uh, it's mine too. And you just recently had a TV appearance, right? I saw that on Facebook.
2: Yeah, uh, last night, or it won't be last night when this airs, but uh, last night I was on Grown Up Fisher.
1: Nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. How was
2: that? That shoot good. good? All the all the lines stayed in. That's,
0: that's great. Uh, that's
2: all you can hope for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's for the people who don't know and uh, myself <laughs> who are not very familiar with it. It's the the guy who's blind, right? Yes, the it's about a... J.K. Uh, Simmons?
2: Is mm-hmm. it? J.K. Simmons plays mm-hmm. yeah, Blind Attorney Dad. Blind uh, attorney I played dad. a Bellhop at a hotel nice. that he yells at a bunch. And I tell him, I can't let you in there, sir. And then I let him in there. And that <laughs> is my starring appearance <laughs> on Growing Up Fisher. <laughs> Do you feel like
0: uh, whenever you get certain TV credits or whatever that helps you within the improv scene with certain stuff because within the stand-up scene Mm -hmm. whenever you get certain credits it helps you get on better shows actually sure and it kind of propels you and some different stuff would you say that that is the same
2: for improv not to that extent Mm -hmm. because stand-up is such an individualized thing right uh, uh with improv like you still need chemistry no matter what right uh uh there are people who i think we're fast-tracked a little bit because mm-hmm. of their success on stage and screen. Mm-hmm. But they have to be very funny at the very least. Yeah. Like, you can't bullshit your way to success as an improviser, I don't think. Yeah. It's self-evident.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Good, Jake. So, uh, I also I uh, looked at your IMDb. It said you'd, you'd done something with Conan back in the day?
2: I used to, when Conan O'Brien hosted The Tonight Show, I was like, uh, like they used me like six times. like. Just for, oh. yeah, little bits they were doing in between uh, segments. And then that dried up when they canceled the show. I haven't been on Conan yet. I miss it. If anyone's listening, get me back on Conan, please.
0: What was, did you do any bits with uh, Conan?
2: Uh, yeah, none of those made it. They cut so many bits. Like, I didn't know. I, I worked with them six times. I think two made it to air.
1: Wow. They cut more than they keep.
2: Okay, So they, they film a lot of stuff. And the ones that I made it to air were both uh, pre-recorded stuff, so they weren't with Conan. I did a couple live bits that didn't make it. What, past dress?
0: What were the uh, the the kind of roles that you're doing for the mostly
2: playing kids because they don't use actual kids, right? So they, me and Josh yeah. Simpson, if you know him, played their kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: They also use a, on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. They use a, a comic uh, Esther Povitsky, Little Esther. They mm-hmm. they use this girl who she's in her mid to late twenties, and they right. use her as like a little girl.
2: Yeah. That's how
0: because they because they're it. you know they know that they can act and be funny and. R- reliable. Right. Pretty much. But yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so you want to keep doing acting. So like what if you had to give advice to like our young young people moving here. Sure. I know you probably made a bunch of mistakes. Like what would you say? Avoid this. Do this. Um That's a good question. Uh
2: I think if you're a comedian, don't rely on that in auditions cuz that will work in commercials. And so mm-hmm. you train yourself to think, this is all I need to be myself and fun and clever. But you really do need to make strong choices in theatrical auditions. And I, that's, everyone says that, but I don't think anyone listens, or a lot of people <laughs> don't listen, and I know I didn't listen for a while. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be me. People are going to want to hire me. No, you need to make strong, you need to really be fully memorized and make strong choices in your auditions. Uh, and even then, it's a
1: crapshoot. But uh, be prepared. So, like, what are what are some auditions you think you've messed up?
2: Uh, well, you know, it's I've been doing this for eight years, so a million. <laughs> like, some of it, have messed up at, at so many auditions. There's one where I was a little starstruck last year. Uh, it's not even like a huge celebrity, but it's just for me starstruck. I auditioned for the Duplass Brothers' new HBO show, just like a co-star, mm-hmm. and uh, I got a callback, and the callback was just me uh, improvising with Mark Duplass, and I was like real psyched about it and i just did like a terrible job i did like <laughs> yeah i was trying to be funny and i was like too loud and i was just like, i don't know yeah
0: i walked into a uh, a target callback yeah <laughs> once and uh yorma taconi from uh, yeah. the lonely island he was directing mm. and i was like i want this so bad Yeah, <laughs> i didn't end up getting it but uh i i wondered what would, <laughs> what do you think whenever you see whenever you recognize somebody in an audition room, would you be the kind of person who says, I like your work, or would you no. keep it professional? Keep and, it professional. And, and just acknowledge, not even acknowledge it?
2: No, they assume that everyone likes their work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you're auditioning for a co-star or a guest star or a commercial, you're not in a place to be a peer with that person. Right. So they know that you're starstruck or whatever, and I don't think it's a good idea to be like, yeah, I'm a big fan, sir.
0: Well, I
1: didn't get it, yeah. and I was like, maybe if I would have said it. <laughs> <laughs> nah. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I've been, I wanted to start this new uh, segment on the podcast. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. So for uh, for LA, you know, you've been here, what, you said, eight eight years? I've been in LA
2: for 20 years. Right, but yeah. like pursuing right, right, professionally, right. whatever. Right, college, basically. Do
1: you think that love can exist here? <laughs> 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 uh... I think love can exist. <laughs> what a great segment. I
2: think it can exist. I haven't found it, but I think it's possible.
1: Yeah, because I, I feel like so many comedian, my comedian friends, are like, you can't date till you're successful out here. And I'm like, they're like, hey, it'll hold you back. Like, oh, you, I see
2: what you're saying that it gets in the way of a career. Yeah,
1: that and like just that it's hard to keep it made. Like all the shows you do and all that. That is stuff. fucked.
2: Like as an <laughs> improviser, I'm five to six nights a week are taken up by improv. Yeah. So it is like hard. But, like, you know, anything's possible, <laughs> if you believe. Yeah.
0: What was, uh, uh, what, what was one of the first jobs you booked out here whenever you were starting to do it full-time uh, and everything? Well,
2: first of all, I had a commercial agent when I was a kid. Right. Uh, Not a kid even, actor. he was, like, an all-around agent. Uh, and I never booked anything. Okay. So,
0: uh, so you were, you've were been, uh, uh, so, as a kid, how old were you, like, whenever you say... Uh, Whatever
2: you're you auditioning I was a kid kid Like before high school I don't know exactly Okay so was we'll probably say like Somewhere like 12? 10 to 12 yeah, okay. yeah, 10 And to you 12 were one those of those kids That
1: liked it Or you were one of those kids With their parents I like- was
2: into it My parents forced me to stop Actually, okay. I wanted to keep doing it, and they were like, "We want you to get an education. When you're 18, you can come back and do this."
0: So, from what year would you say, like 12? How many years as a kid were you auditioning for stuff? It's probably just a year, honestly. Oh, okay, and then yeah. they're like, "All right, this yeah, is, this is a this creepy, creepy is world that I don't <laughs> well, want to be because they have to take you. I mean, they have to take you to every single one, so right. it becomes like, what? Wow. This is like a little much for us as parents yeah. to have to take you to all this too."
2: I auditioned. The closest I got was I auditioned for Ever After. And okay. there was a part for a kid magician. And so my dad gave me like this whole spiel to do in the room because like he knew how to... Right. Yeah. And so I, I got a callback for that, but I didn't end up booking it. And then the audition, it was this huge monologue. And we went to see the movie, and it was reduced to a zero-line part. The magician just walks by the stage and waves a magic wand, and that's it. Wow. Yeah.
1: Featured extra work, baby. Yep.
0: <laughs> so you took that break, uh, and then you started... The first started... thing I
2: booked, booked, uh, after college... Uh, I booked a commercial. It was really a series of spots. It was non-union, so it was just a buyout. Okay. But it was like 10 different spots for a show called Sport Soup, which was the soup, but for sports. Okay, uh, Same parent company. It was for the Versus channel. Matt Eisman uh, was the host of it. Uh, I did that, and then around then I booked a little indie movie about the same time. Uh, and so I did both of those within two months of graduating college. And I thought, oh, this is what my career is going to be. And then I went probably two years doing basically nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just always going to be working. Got it. It's so <laughs>
0: weird how you uh, almost when you're you're newer to to auditioning or L A. however you want to put it that you have like this green energy about you that just Guinness you luck. you yeah you yeah. you book stuff and mm-hmm. then you're like, all right, I could get used to getting residual checks all the time yeah. or whatever, and then they just dry up and then. Like when, whenever you had that that gap what was kind of going through your mind whenever you had a couple years where uh, uh, after the indie movie and and the right. the commercial were you were you having second thoughts at all or was it just like uh were you just staying strong No and-
2: I'm here's I have a terrible combination of awful work ethic and <sighs> insane single mindedness Mhm So I will have a goal, I will never give up on it, and I will never do anything to achieve it. Uh, And being a a working actor is one of those goals. Yeah. Uh, Hello. Is this place on fire? Uh, Yeah, so I, no, I never even, it never crossed my mind because every day job I've had, and I haven't had many because I quit them all, (laughs) Have been awful. Who wants to work a day job? Yeah.
0: Uh, so what was the, the next thing that you booked, uh, after that two year, uh, that gap?
2: I mean, I was doing, uh, the first year of the gap was when I was doing my first Harold Him at UCB and I was doing the spots on the Tonight Show. So it wasn't paying my rent at all, but at Mm -hmm. least was artistically fruitful. Uh, and then I booked my first national commercial the next year. And that's when I really started being able to support myself a little more as an actor. It was a Bank of America commercial. That no one I know ever saw, including myself, <laughs> and paid me three times more than anything else I've ever done to this date.
0: Wow, that's, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Like uh, you've
1: never seen it, never that, saw it. I bizarre. saw it online. So you were getting <laughs> the like da-da.
0: residuals and stuff, and you're like, well, I got who crazy is, You're like, who's yeah. seeing this? Yeah. Nobody. Maybe it was something that it was airing a lot of places other than California it's or something. Well,
2: it's, it would have to be a national for it to be good residuals. Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: Um, but right.
2: uh, you know, I wasn't like there were no lines in the commercial, so I was only in it for like a second. So maybe no one was really looking out for it, and I just never saw it. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's interesting. Do you have uh, family and friends in other parts of the U.S.? Because you said that you, yeah, they're dad... scattered about.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an aunt and uh, my dad's side of the family is from Boston, but only my grandfather is still there. Um, my dad's here, obviously. Then my aunt's are in D.C. His sisters are in D.C. and Portland, and then my mom's side of the family is from New York. But nobody's still in New York. Uh, Her brothers are in. Where do they live? I don't know my
0: uncles that well. I think one of them's in Florida. (laughs) Do you do go and visit Boston? Yeah, don't
1: like white people love family reunions. Not a Wait, is that a white person thing? <laughs> I
0: think it's definitely a white and definitely a black person thing. Yeah. Latinos don't do Probably it. even more of a black Latinos don't, thing. don't
2: do family reunions? No, I don't. I, I don't.
0: I, that is dude, a huge surprise to me. I would be surprised. Are you sure that that is I think you don't true? do <laughs> family reunions. Yeah, I think you are speaking dude. for the Latino people. <laughs> Because I've seen too many movies where Latinos are getting together and having a great old time at the park. I would say
2: that white people have less of a priority on family than most uh, minorities. (laughs) Yeah, we're the worst. Yeah, We're garbage. (laughs) We are terrible people.
1: Um, so, Jay, you also, you coach improv. You coach a couple teams. Yep. What would you say is your, like, coaching style? Do you like the soft hand where you're just no, coddling? No, actually, I don't. You lay the hammer?
2: I do lay the hammer a little bit. I don't want to be an asshole about it. I sometimes am, and I apologize outright for it. But when I was a student, I always strongly preferred coaches that would give me notes. Yeah. Like, I understand the utility of coaches who want to build your confidence and have fun. Mm-hmm. But I really felt like I was improving at a much faster clip when people were honest about Giving me notes and giving me individual notes, and so I do my best to do the same sort of thing. I also intellectualize, which is not ideal, but it's something a lot of people I respect do too. Uh, like we'll talk through scenes. I I admit that there's no objective answers in improv, so mm-hmm. uh, we'll have conversations about scenes and how things could work better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What do you What would you say as a coach is one of your most common notes that you have to give, improvisers?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh. That's a good question. There's a bunch. Um, I'm big on the first three lines of a scene. This is getting very inside baseball now. But I think they're uh, uh, underutilized. Uh, uh, The first three lines of the scene are are supposed to help generate, like, especially if you're not doing an opening, they're supposed to generate the the who, what, where, and maybe find, for UCB style, a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of people blow past information that's said in the first line or the second line Because they're worried about saying something funny or interesting Mm -hmm. when they could just be answering questions that are sort of asked in the first line of a scene. There were suggestions being made in in almost any first line of of an improv scene based off the physical choices, the way things are said, and the words that are said. Suggestions about the who, the what, the where. And a lot of teams, especially younger teams, just completely miss them because they think we have to find the funny thing soon. Uh, and so I, yeah, I, must, that I work on slowing, slowing teams down and working on the thrift three lines a lot.
1: Nice. Yeah, yeah. W-
0: what I found, that the main difference between, because uh, Justin and I, we both do stand-up and improv. Uh, I feel like the main difference between stand-up and improv is, the, with improv, whenever you are not, whenever you're really listening and not trying to be funny, those mm-hmm. are usually the best scenes sure. and with stand-up it's like you gotta you know what i mean you right, gotta right. you gotta get them or they lose faith because that's true if you don't get <laughs> crowd a lot of crowds a yeah. lot of crowds i've done if you do not get them within the first 15 to 30 seconds yeah. you're you're digging yourself the rest of the set to prove hey no i, I know what i'm doing I, i'm right. funny but with improv it's nice to kind of be able to sit and develop the funny slowly yeah. and organically and not necessarily have to rush into right
2: it and i, I by my sm- more slowly i don't even necessarily mean it has to take more time right 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 but just to really listen in those first couple lines yeah. i think we can more organically generate stuff yeah
1: nice mm-hmm. right. so, oh it's time for the hollywood bitch slap the oh, bitch slap shit. the bitch slap uh so yeah did you think of anything for oh for
2: uh yeah <laughs> uh I don't have a great one, actually. I just have the standard horrible things that happen to every actor, just like auditions where I come out, and then I nail it in my drive home or whatever. Uh, uh, but I, I <laughs> fucked it up in the room. One time at your <laughs> at IO in the, the dick box, the Del Close Theater, uh-huh. uh, I had a team that was doing a show at night. It was not a show you hosted, I think. Uh, and we walked in, and we upon walking in, became the audience for the team that was currently performing. (laughs) They were performing for literally zero people. (laughs) Oh, my God. They were doing a practice at at an improv show. Uh, Oh, man. Yeah, and then they were kind enough to stick around, so we performed for the sad team after their set was done, and that was it. There's no edit, one else there. Oh my god.
0: I would love it if if they pieced out right <laughs> after they got off stage. Oh yeah.
2: They deserved to. I wouldn't have held it against them. <laughs> they
0: booked you and <laughs> for, for, for nobody in the audience like okay, we're gonna book you for an empty room. <laughs> just do twenty minutes, just get off stage whenever you feel like you know, you wrapped up your herald or whatever form you're doing. Right. <laughs> That's uh, awesome.
1: Awesome. Uh, well, Jake, do you have uh, any websites to plug or uh, sure, uh, follow- shows to plug? I know you're every Monday.
2: That's right. Uh, it's every Monday or Friday, the way it works. Right. Uh, so yeah, just look for Cardinal Redbird on ucbtheater.com. dot uh, Jake Regal on Twitter at you know like the word Jake Regal. Uh, that's pretty much it. I guess Google eighty eight weirdos. That's my web series. I haven't done one in a while, but it's still there. That's
0: a
1: good web series. I've seen a couple episodes. Cool.
0: Awesome, dude. Well, thanks so much for coming by. Uh, it was good getting to know you on the podcast, and uh, look forward to hopefully running into you in the scene, and hopefully uh, I'll be able to check out one of your UCB shows soon.
2: Sweet. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jake.